IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. That's a song familiar to Indianapolis 500 fans from the late 1980s through the 1990s. It's the theme from The Delta Force by Alan Silvestri from the 1986 action film that starred Chuck Norris and Lee Marvin. Beginning in 1988, it was the music that opened ABC's telecast of the Indianapolis 500, including 1991 when Rick Mears became the third four-time winner of the Indy 500. That song is appropriate for today's show because after 30 years, there is finally another four-time winner to the greatest race in the world. It's Elio Castroneves who won Sunday's 105th Indianapolis 500 in stunning fashion. It was the first Indy 500 that the 46-year-old Castroneves drove for an operation other than Team Penske. Castroneves won the Indy 500 in his first two attempts at Team Penske in 2001 and 2002. He claimed a third Indy 500 win in 2009, but for the past 12 years, his efforts to join A.J. Foyt, Al Unser, and Rick Mears as the only four-time Indy 500 winners were fruitless. Last year's Indy 500 was the final time Castroneves drove for Team Penske, and when the IMSA WeatherTech sports car season ended with Castroneves' accurate team winning the season title. His 21-year career with Team Penske was over. He joined Meyer Shank Racing for a limited IndyCar schedule in 2021, including the Indy 500. Castroneves delivered with one of the most stunning, dramatic, and emotional wins in Indy 500 history on May 30 in front of a sellout crowd limited to 135,000 fans by local health officials. It was the largest sports crowd in the world during the COVID-19 pandemic and signaled the reopening of America. Castroneves led 20 laps in the 200-lap race and was in a tremendous battle with second-year driver Alex Pillow in the closing laps. Castroneves took the lead on lap 194, but two laps later, Pillow passed him back and was in front with two laps to go. Castroneves was able to get a run on Pillow down the long front stretch and slingshot past Pillow's Honda entering turn one with two laps to go. He then used the cars driven by James Hinchcliffe and Ryan Hunter Ray as drafting partners, creating too much turbulent air for Pillow to get a run on the leader at the end. Castroneves beat Pillow to the checkered flag by just 0.4928 of a second in the fastest Indianapolis 500 in history with an average speed of 190.690 miles per hour. There were just two caution periods in the race for 18 laps. 
That set off a wild celebration by the fans and Castroneves as he climbed the fence, played maestros, the fans chanted LEO, LEO, and then sprinted down the front stretch towards turn four to share this tremendous achievement with his adoring fans. For anyone who witnessed it, it was dramatic, it was incredible, and it was emotional. It emphasized the tremendous amount of love that fans have for the Indianapolis 500 and for one of the most popular drivers of all time. I caught up with Castroneves the day after his tremendous victory to talk about this grand achievement of his career and how his name is etched among the greatest drivers of all time in the Indianapolis 500. It's the day after one of the most thrilling Indianapolis 500s that I can remember. And we're back at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We're in the driver-owner motorhome lot, and we happen to be with the winning driver of the 105th Indianapolis 500. It's Elio Castroneves, who on Sunday became the fourth four-time winner of the Indy 500. Elio, it's been a whirlwind since you got out of that race car. Describe to our listeners what it's been like for you. Wow, Bruce, uh, thanks again. It's great to be with you and um, um, absolutely incredible. What a feeling, what a thrill. I don't think it's sunk yet, but I tell you one thing, it's uh, so special to hear from, you know, Mario, Rick Mears, a quote yesterday I heard from AJ Foyt. That's, uh, when you hear those things, it's uh, absolutely incredible. Um, seeing the newspaper today, it was Super cool. It was. It was. Tough. I was. A guy, I got emotion actually looking the newspapers and taking the picture with the new crew. Um, still learning their names, <laughs> to be honest. And um, but I tell you what, I didn't have to do anything. They did everything for me, and um, and the results show up. The fact that there was such an overwhelming feeling of love and emotion from the spectators, I think, is what made. Yesterday's race, one of the most memorable in the entire history of the event. How do you even begin to describe what it's like to have that many fans rooting for you? Because when you first started here, when you climbed the fence, not all the fans necessarily were happy to see you win back sure. then. But yesterday, I think the I have not heard an eruption from the fans like that. And I've been coming here for 35 years. I, I, I have to say, running down the straightaway, Bruce, uh, they, the, the, the roar of the crowd was so amazing. Um, it, it, it was contagious. I, I, and that's probably why so many people, what's going on and why they scream and, and uh, it was absolutely, they, they, uh, they made this place special and it was so glad after last year, unfortunately nobody could come and this year, not even full people, but, but half a percent of the, the people were here and it was just absolutely outstanding. As the fans were chanting, Elio, Elio, you're up there like a orchestra conductor, a maestro leading them in that chant. The spontaneity of it all. How did you come up with all this? Obviously, we expected you to climb the fence. We didn't quite expect the fans to climb the fence no, with you. Yeah, I, 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 I was so thrilled. I I don't remember they calling my name. It was special the right way. You know, nobody messed up. <laughs> so I don't know why. You know, Bruce, I'm a spontaneous guy. You know me for all of these years. And um, I, I, I'm so glad that I'm honored to have fans like I had. And I tell you what, maybe 
the reason I didn't see more uh, Out Nation shirts uh, or Myershank shirts because we didn't have enough. But to see so many people wearing the Castroneves shirts, uh, it was it was thrill. Now, I know you said yesterday after the race that in a lot of ways it was important for you to win in Indianapolis 500 for a team other than Team Penske and also for someone who was working with you other than Rick Mears, who was prior to yesterday was the last four-time winner of the Indy 500. Why is that? Uh, I feel that uh, when I mention about Penske, they raised me, you know, they and now they set me free. It's like you ready to fly on your own, not in a, in a, in a disrespect way, but like a, when you have a family, you know, you, you prepare. And that's what we do as a parent. We prepare your, your children to go on your own. And, and obviously having this feeling and, and be able to succeed, I can't thank them enough for, uh, for preparing me all these years for that. When you ran down the front stretch... Another Indy 500 tradition that you may have started, but you would think of someone like you even being a great athlete after 500 miles of hard <laughs> racing. I'd be a little bit tired, but here you are sprinting down the front stretch, and the fans were still roaring. That was an ovation. It was probably the longest ovation of any Indianapolis 500 post-race in history, but what was it about? Was this just... 12 years that had built up between your third win and your fourth win, and you finally got a chance to let it all out. I, I think so. I honestly, I, I, it was so cool to see them and, 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 and have enjoyed this, this moment. I, I don't know how far I went to be honest, <laughs> but Hey, it shows not because I'm 46, I'm out of shape. <laughs> so I, uh, I did run pretty far, but it was so cool uh, as I was going, people following. And like I said, it was um, absolutely incredible. Some of the first people on pit lane who got to you to share your victory with you were your former teammates at Team Penske and also your rival teammates. You and Ryan hunter Ray had a heck of a battle here in 2014. You barely missed getting the fourth win that day, but I remember – I was saw you and him hugging on pit road. There were a lot of drivers that you've had some fierce battles with that were there to congratulate you. How special is that? Huge. Uh, you know, as I mentioned before, that's just to show that even that we compete against each other, we still show respect. And, and that's not many sports can do that. Or I, I, I believe not many places can make you feel like that. So this place, it's, it's magical in all aspects. Uh, it's, it makes people realize that this is a this is a tough one, and when you get it, it, it because you did something good, and um, that kind of respect, I I'm I'm so blessed with it. You were with Team Penske for 21 years of your career. Have you had a chance to talk to Roger Penske? No, yeah, just in the podium a little bit, very briefly. But as I said, he was in a business mode, <laughs> promoter mode, I guess. Go say hello to the, the governor, and I did. Um, it was, uh, I'm sure he's thrilled. I want to talk to him because obviously, hopefully we have a chance tonight. But Cindric stopped by, and uh, we were both very touched by it. Like I said, Cindric is like an older brother um, that guided me to the right ways. And um, yeah, um, half of my messages in the phone was from from members of Team Penske, and uh, and I had a 400, so imagine. <laughs> How did it happen that you ended up coming to Meyer Shank Racing? 
Well, when the program with DPI finished in, in 2000, um, we were able to win the championship, but we didn't have any other place to go. I mean, I had a, I have two choices. One, just settle to what I have. And the second choice, continue to pursue my, uh, my passion. And, and I, I opted for that option. And I have several uh, conversations with different teams. I was very um, flattered for, for the interest of uh, some teams, but Mike stepped up his game and said, you know what, let's do this together. And I saw the opportunity, and that's what we did. To give Jim Meyer and Michael Shank their first ever IndyCar victory as a team at the biggest race on the schedule, how cool is that? Ah, I, They were thrilled. Last night, I can see Jim was <laughs> extremely happy. Mike is extremely You can see in the picture, and you're probably going to see randomly in the picture, Mike right at the finish line, almost on the track, which was absolutely perfect. I mean, that shows this team has, we might not have the biggest budget, but we have the biggest heart. And, um, and with that passion, we definitely came through through all diversity. When Al Hunter Jr. won here in 1992, he broke down in tears in victory lane when asked what it meant to win the Indy 500. He said, you just don't know what Indy means. I think that picture you described perfectly sums that up. If for a team that, uh, you know, looking for something special and be able to, they made me, I mean, they made me part of history. They made history, uh, give me this win. And um, I'm so glad it's their first win. There were a lot of people who may have thought your best opportunities may have passed, say, 2014, 2017. I think if you added those two together, it comes to the same margin of victory as you defeated Alex Palou yesterday. That's how close you came to winning both of those races. But you never gave up. And why was that? Why was it that you knew that you can still win this thing and you might even become the first five-time winner? (laughs) Look, Bruce, I, I knew I still got it. And that's one of the options I chose to become, uh, to go back to the IndyCar uh, full time. Remember, I, Roger asked me to go to join the uh, sports car program. And I'm glad I did because I, I learned so much. My, my driving skills became much better. How, but I didn't want not want to finish, uh, unfinished business in IndyCar. I still won that championship. I don't have it. I still wanted that. And um, hopefully this helps uh, put me back full-time season and that, that's how, so I can pursue that. I also think you got a card last night from your 11-year-old daughter. If you could describe that a little bit, what that was all about. Say that a card? Oh, yes. Yeah. I, uh, I have it here. It was so cute. Uh, she she was over, overwhelmed with uh, so many people screaming. <laughs> and she's kind of like, whoa. This is unbelievable, but uh, when she realized, I think, I guess with her, <laughs> with her uh, uh, friends seeing her on TV, she's like, oh, I guess this is a pretty big deal. So she, she understood that if their friends are seen on her TV, she's like, okay, this must be special. And uh, she gave me a great card. And in our final question here with Elio Castroneves, who won his fourth Indianapolis 500 on Sunday A.J. Foyt, Al Unser, Rick Mears, and now Elio Castroneves are the only members of that club of four-time Indy 500 winners. What do you think when you hear that? 
Wow. That's a um, special club. <laughs> they, they must be doing something right. <laughs> and how realistic would it be for you to be a member of a club of one <laughs> as the only five-time winner of the Indy 500? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's going to be uh, even more special, my friend. But um, I certainly want to enjoy this once, and, um, but I have more. And I hope I can get that for next year, too. He's always been a master of the moment, a king of drama, and he was able to capitalize on what had to be one of the most thrilling and dramatic Indianapolis 500s that I can remember. Elio Castroneves, congratulations on your fourth Indianapolis 500 victory, and thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thanks, Bruce. Prior to Sunday's Indianapolis 500, Rick Mears had been the last driver to win the race four times. His fourth and final victory came 30 years ago in 1991. Mears was Castro mentor for 21 years at Team Penske and served as his spotter for many years. The two remained close friends. Immediately after the race, I interviewed Mears inside the Team Penske garage in Gasoline Alley at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Joining us now is four-time Indianapolis 500 winning driver Rick Mears, who until the 105th Indianapolis 500 was the last four-time winner. It took 30 years, but it's Elio Castroneves, a driver that you've worked with for over 20 years how does it feel to see him get his fourth Indy 500 win and join you, A.J. Foyt, and Al Unser? Oh, I think it's great. I think it's great. I mean, you know, if, if we couldn't, you know, somebody on our team couldn't, I was tickled to death with him getting that. He's, he's come so close so many times, and, uh, and he's earned every bit of it, and he ran a hell of a race. So uh, we're all excited about it. It's, it's great for him. It's great for all of us. It's great for the sport, too. Elio had been with this team for over 20 years. This is the first time he ran the Indy 500 for a team other than Team Penske. Meyer Shank Racing has shown that they have some potential. Today, that team got its first victory. Couldn't pick a bigger race for a team to get its first IndyCar win than the Indianapolis 500. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, they, they've been doing it. They've been doing a great job. You know, they've been getting stronger every, every race, every year. And, uh, you know, and, and they've been showing the potential, you know, quite a bit recently. So, you know, we knew they could be strong. And, uh, you know, I think Elio's expertise around this place added to the, added to the, the puzzle and, uh, and they brought it home. So it's, no, it's, it's huge to get your first win and, and for it to be here. And the other thing about Elio is A.J. Foyt, Al Unser, Rick Mears, now Elio Castroneves. It took him 12 years to get his fourth didn't take you very long. You you got it in, I believe, three years after your third victory. A lot of people wondered if his time and his opportunity had passed. He looked like the same old Elio out there today. Oh, no, absolutely. You know, he's he's always had the desire, and that's what it takes. You know, and he's kept that desire and kept that fire lit, you know, all these years. So it's just a matter of being in the right place, right time, and getting it done. And, and he, he got that opportunity today, and he, he took made very good use of it. Seemed to be more than 135,000 fans in the stands. It had a, the vibe here was almost like 400,000 people were in the place. How joyful did it feel to you to finally be able to have this race in front of fans? It just really seemed to be just an outstanding day all the way around. Well, it was, it was great. You know, the, the weather couldn't have been any better for, for the fans and for the drivers and the track conditions and all that. And, and seeing all the fans in the stands was just, you know, 
it was it, it's it's time it's been time and and uh, i think everybody that that just helps everybody's you know the vibe you're talking about goes up and everybody's interest goes up and and it just helps it builds on itself and you know and I, I, the cool thing too is now i know roger said the other day you know hopefully next year we can blow the lid off this thing you know with everybody in so that's what we're looking forward to is this the type of story that can carry the momentum and help carry IndyCar forward the rest of this season. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a great story, and you know, and and for Elio to get the fourth win, and and Elio's so upbeat and good for the series, and good for the, you know, everybody involved, and he'll he'll be a great champion, and and uh, it just I think it helps everything all around. How, how many years did you work with Elio as a consultant? The whole time, you yeah, worked at yeah, Team Penske. Yeah, together. but I mean, in 2017, he had that great battle with. Takuma Sato lost it by just a very little bit. 2014, he had a great battle with Ryan Hunter Ray, lost it by just a very little bit. Today, it seemed like he was determined he was going to hold that line in those closing laps. Nobody was going to get by him. So, did you see anything different in him in this race in terms of once he had the lead, he wasn't going to give it up? No, not really. He was just, you know, he was just doing what needed to be done, and which he has done in the in the past races, but it just didn't work out, you know, and and timing and where somebody catches you and how they catch you and traffic and everything else, it, it dictates a lot of that. So, you know, I, I, that was the same old Elio. He stands on the gas around here, and he always has. And, uh, you know, it just this time everything worked in his favor, and, uh, and he was running his butt off. So it was just well-earned, very well-earned. Is it kind of poetic justice that in the 30th anniversary of you being the last four-time winner that now we have a new four-time winner in Elio Castroneves. I didn't think about it like that, but I think that's great. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And I'm sure you're going to welcome him with open arms to the four, the four-time Indy 500 Winners Club. You can bet. I've already sent him a note. Haven't had a chance to see him in person yet, but we will shortly. Racing legend, four-time Indianapolis 500 winning driver, Rick Mears of Team Penske. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you very much. For team owners Jim Meyer and Michael Shank, it was the team's first ever IndyCar victory, and it came in the biggest race in the world, the Indianapolis 500. The morning after the race on the famed Yard of Bricks at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, I interviewed Shank to talk about this memorable and historic accomplishment. Joining us on the show now is the winning team owner of the 105th Indianapolis 500, Michael Shank. Michael, I'm sure that's a title you're never going to get tired of being introduced <laughs> no, I won't. by. No, I won't. It's an epic, epic day for us today. Yesterday, I should say, I guess. Um, unbelievable in many, many ways. Uh, just grateful we're here doing photos today, and it's the best feeling in the world. And, you know, we're going to have a big blowout party in Columbus next this week, and we're looking forward to get all the people that have supported us for all those years, you know. It's your first victory as a team owner in the NTT IndyCar Series, and it comes in the biggest race on the schedule, the Indianapolis 500. That doesn't happen very often. It's no. pretty unique. A lot of team owners will win a race prior to that or another race, and Indy's always a goal that they achieve. But for you to get both on the same day, how exciting I think that? those odds are very slim to do that. But, you know, we've been trying. You know, you, you guys have known us for a long time now. We, we put a good product out. We, we, we put good people in place. And eventually it's going to work out if you don't give up. And that's kind of where it was. I, I You know, there's so many pieces to this puzzle if you start in 2017 to where we're at today, including <laughs> Jim Meyer and now Liberty Media. Of course, my wife, who's uh, pushed me hard. And so 
um, shit, I don't know. I'm just, uh, just overwhelmed more than anything. You're pretty much the day-to-day -day operations guy. You're the front man, but you've said many, many times none of this would be possible without your partner. Jim Meyer, and if you could just describe his value to the operation. I, it, it's all, it, my wife and I said this a little bit ago. We, we don't know how we got so lucky. We didn't know Jim Meyer really when he said, hey, do you want to do something together? And we, I don't know how we got so lucky. And, and here's the simple sentence that's the dead truth. Without Jim, this doesn't happen. And, and I don't mean just mon the money thing is not what I'm talking about. It's his connections, the way he treats people, his loyalty. Uh, the way other people want to be around him, and um, and that's why he's so successful in his business life, and brought so much to the table beyond just everything. Now he's a good friend of mine and my wife's, and uh, uh, supporter of this. Didn't have to do it. I had a I had a plan on how I wanted to execute when a guy comes in like that. A retired guy has done well, but I I don't want him burned out. I don't want to ruin him financially. We want to we want to sharing the spoils, but the business got to support itself, and it does, and uh, he's a big part of that. And, of course, Jim Meyer was the CEO of Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Yep. One of the leading communications in the information age That's that right. we live in now. That's right. But this victory, this, this race yesterday, if you want to talk about impact on the sporting world, I can't think of any bigger name to come out of here than Elio Castroneves winning his fourth Indianapolis 500. The, the neatest thing I've ever got to do in my life to date is my wife and I got to ride with him and his wife in the back of the Camaro. And uh, we went around the track and nobody left. All they did was cheer for him and put the four symbol up, you know. And we are so privileged to be sitting in that car with him at that time. Happy for him. He deserves it. Uh, we were just talking about how can we do this again next year, and uh, we're just super happy, man. A year ago, Elio Castroneves probably wasn't even on your radar screen. In Not terms really. Of driving for, he, for he, your operation. He, he wasn't, but we, we, we knew he was on the list, but we just didn't know if we wanted to go young or old. Now we're going the way we did. Yeah, most of your team is based around Jack Harvey, a yeah. young driver who runs all the races on the schedule. Elio was going to run a limited schedule. Now that he's won, obviously the the big question is, are you going to add more races to his schedule? He's scheduled for six this year. That's kind of where we're going to keep it, we think, and we'll we'll talk about next year. We haven't done his deal yet, so we're working on it. What this victory reminds me of was 2011 when Dan Weldon showed up with Brian Herta, and he was fast. He was among the fastest every day of the month, but nobody really kind of saw, sat there and said, you know, that guy's going to win the race. I think the same thing may have happened with Elio this year. He was always fast, and we thought, hey, he could contend for victory, but got Dixon, Colton Herta, et cetera, et cetera. That guy raced his tail off yesterday. <laughs> he did, and, 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 you know, behind the scenes, I can tell you, he looked at us and said, guys, I'm good. We're good. He did two 30-lap runs on Sunday night after quali, and uh, two 30-lap runs, the car could do anything he wanted. He could put it wherever he wanted. He got through traffic, and we knew we had something then. So he's the professor, man. He knew exactly what he needs, and um, he put it out there. It was almost like he was playing poker and chess at the same time yesterday. It's exactly. It was actually a master game of chess. Yes. It really was. He knew exactly where he needed to be, and, and Plu didn't know it, but he was being played the whole time. And uh, Plu's, a, trust me, Plu's got a lot lot coming in his life in this sport but Elliot just knew exactly where to place the car and when to do the passes and he saw the traffic coming which was a big thing that helped us a lot so and how do you describe those last couple of laps because at first we thought blue takes the lead 
with, I believe, three or four yep. to go, and then yep. with two to go, Elio takes the lead there, and then some of us are thinking, is that too soon? Does Palo have time to come around and, and, and pass him back? Elio knew exactly how to well, you, what you're, slink what the, that car down the track to... Well, what the part you you're, you're didn't see, but you will when you look at back at this, is he saw Hunter Ray and those guys coming to him. He knew to get... He needed... If he wedged them between him, and he was done, and that's exactly what happened. Now, were you in Jack's pit, or were you in yeah, Elliot's Jack's. pit? Yeah, and Jack's, yep. So describe your range of emotions. You know, right up to about 10 to go, I was just focused on trying to get Jack a better finish than 18th. He was up to 6th or 7th, and we had a, a lug nut problem. But um, about 10 to go, I lost my mind. <laughs> and uh, off we went. Off we went, and uh, I, I just went numb and just watched the checkered and all that stuff. So. Well... I know that you have invested a lot in this team, but you did it slowly and methodically. You yep. didn't come in like some guys have, you know, gung-ho first year, spend all your money, and by half season you're gone. Yep. You've taken a slow step-by-step -step process. Some of us even thought maybe a little too slow in terms of number of races, but it seems like it was exactly the way to do it. Yeah. For, for this day and age and this class and the competitiveness and the money that we have available, we did what we thought was the right thing to do, and it worked. It felt a little slow, I'm, I'm sure, to everybody, but I just didn't sim wasn't simply going to run credit card debt up just to do this unless we had the funding, and it grew. The funding grew. To put together the second team, how important was that? I think it was a big evolution on our team. And you know, this is one of those things I probably could have done without it, if, I, if I'm being honest. I mean, I, I didn't feel compelled to add, but Jim really pushed it. He wanted it for our partners. Our partners wanted us to expand a little bit. If we can get key people like with Elio, as it turns out now, now that looks like a pretty smart move. Um, but it was really just about timing. Again, you know, we have six races. Maybe we'll do more next year, and we'll go from there. It's the morning after the Indy 500. We're standing at the yard of bricks. But is all of this sunk in yet no it's still it's still <laughs> it, it, i mean I, I don't know how to describe it except a, a numbness uh, you know something really good happened something great and uh just want everyone to you know everybody on the team and my family just to experience this with us and, and we're going to do that this week with everybody how about the genuine outpouring of emotion that the crowd felt that elio displayed when he climbed the fence yeah. and then he sprinted down the front stretch Soak it in with the fans. The, just I, genuine outpouring of emotion was something that I'll always remember. The, 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 probably the coolest thing I've done in my life now is riding the convertible with uh, Elio and his wife with my wife. And we, we went up against the rail all the way around the track, and the fans didn't leave the stands, period. Didn't leave. And, and, and you, could feel, you could feel that love for this guy. It was just unbelievable. And, and, every, and everywhere we went, the people just wanted to be near him. And I think we were all witness to something pretty damn cool. And also yesterday, did we not experience the genuine love for this event by the fans that came? From what I saw, I think there may have been more than 137,000 people in <laughs> it, here. I think, listen, we're coming out of COVID. We hit the timing dead on. People wanted to be here, right? They really did. And, uh, and I think they got a hell of a race, by the way. There's more passing than we thought. And... Uh, they saw a great guy, a great guy get four wins, which is history in the making right there. And we got our first. But the, you could feel the fans' love. No question. For everything, neatest, for the neatest, race. Coolest thing I've ever, you, can, you can't fake that. You know, you cannot fake it. And we had it just in towns a thousand, yes, times a thousand. But Michael Shank is now an Indianapolis 500 winning team owner. That's a title you'll be able to keep for the rest of your life. 
You've achieved a lot in your career. You've won the Rolex 24 at Daytona. This has got to cap everything. This is, this is, now the Rolex 24 for us was the first real moment in our career that really pushed us, but this is, this is on another level. This is a top one or two races in the world and uh, our team's got a big chunk of it now, so nothing but proud. Congratulations you, for guys. winning thank the 105th Indianapolis 500. Thank you for joining us today. Anytime. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Simon Pagano started 26th and finished third for Team Penske. The 2019 Indy 500 winner passed more cars for position than any other driver in the race. He was also one of the first to greet his former teammate, Castroneves, after his big win. Here is my conversation with Pagano from Pit Lane just moments after the conclusion of the Indy 500. Simon Pagano, you started toward the back of the field in the 105th Indianapolis 500. I believe you passed more cars than anybody else in the race. What was it about your race car to turn it into a rocket ship? Yeah, the car was amazing. It has been amazing. Uh, and uh, we drove our hearts out today and gave it everything we had. My team did a phenomenal job in pit lane and strategy was great. It's just, you know, we were gonna get Padu by start finish, one more lap, who knows, but congrats to, to Elio, he's a great friend and it's, it's, it's big, it's big. He's writing a big page of uh, the history book at the 500 and, you know, he just gave me 10 more years of career. He's 46, so I've got 10 more years to catch him. Do you realize this was his first Indy 500 where he was not driving for Team Penske. Well, good for him. It's, uh, he's a legend, man. He's just a legend. You know, this place chooses you, quite frankly, and uh, he knows where to position the car. He, uh, he knows how to play the game. You saw him the last 15 laps. He wasn't even trying to pass Palou. Palou was, was showing him everything that he could do, and, and Helio was just watching. And uh, 
you know, Palu, I'm sure, will rewatch the race and understand what Helio was playing. It was pretty cool to see from behind. I was trying everything to, to join him because uh, I knew what he was doing. But uh, yeah, it was uh, basically a four-time legend showing a rookie uh, how to win the race. And that was, that was amazing. Was this basically the most unpredictable Indy 500 that you can remember being part of? Well, I think the series is amazing right now. I think the cars are great. The, the track is fantastic. And, um, you know, anyone could have won the race, quite frankly. But um, it took experience. It took, uh, it took guts. And, uh, you know, that's what this race is all about. And to the overwhelming show of emotion and love that the drivers gave him. I mean, it was almost, I haven't seen that very often here. And I've been to 35 of these things. Well, I mean, he's, you know, nobody else could do four times. And, um, you know, Mears, Foyt, and uh, Andretti, they're the greats. They're the greats. But uh, we needed somebody from our generation to uh, join them to keep, that, uh, to keep that history going. And he just did it. So that's massive. And as far as your race, you got back into the battle at the end. What would it have taken to have maybe got up there and had a legitimate chance to fight for the win? One more lap, that's all, it, that's all I needed. And why do you say that? Because uh, I got I was gonna get Padu by turn one at the end of the last lap. So then I'm behind Helio and I could pass any cars I wanted. So uh, if it's only one guy in front of me, I can get him. But, but, but let's not take anything away from Helio. That was his race to win and it's only 500 miles. So it is what it is. Simon Pagano, great job, congratulations. 22-year-old Pato Award led 17 laps in the race and finished fourth for Aero McLaren SP. The young driver from Mexico was frustrated that he was unable to win the race when I caught up with him on pit lane. Pato Award, you were in the fight toward the, to, to the very end for the 150 Indianapolis 500. What was it like out there and how do you assess the entire day? Yeah, man, we were in the fight all day, um, you know, especially midway through the race. I felt like we, we had a very competitive car, for sure, a car that could have won the race. Uh, but in the last stint, whenever they let me loose, I know I knew they were going to let the other guys loose as, as well, and I didn't have enough for them. I didn't have enough speed, and I tried everything in my power to try and catch them, especially in that last lap. I had a massive moment, and I had to let, uh, well, I didn't let him by, but Simon got by me, so we lost third. But here in Indy, you go for first. You don't, you don't cover for third, so uh, we need to work harder find a solution and come back stronger next year. Prior to that though, how strong was your car? Cause you made some pretty good moves out there and was able to hold the position. Um, man, I had, a, I had a great car under me. Aero McLaren SP, Team Chevy, uh, Aero Electronics, Views, man. They, they gave me such a good car all month. And I knew we had a, the correct balance to run a fantastic race. We just needed that little bit extra today, but we didn't have it. And how valuable does your time running in contention for the victory at Indianapolis help you throughout your career? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a disappointment now, but you know what it takes to run up front and, and be mean, in the fight. Yeah, I mean, I was never, I was never uh, doubtful that we could have run. I mean, I knew that once we got up front, we, you know, I, I could get the job done, but we just didn't have enough speed. That's just bottom line. Connor Daly led the most laps of any driver in the race with 40. The hometown boy from the Indianapolis suburb of Noblesville, Indiana, appeared to be one of the main contenders for victory before a flying wheel ruined his race. That came on lap 119 after Graham Rahal made a pit stop, but the wheel nut on the left rear wheel was not tightened. 
As soon as Ray Hall's Honda returned to the track, the wheel came off, sending Ray Hall's car into the turn two wall. Daly, at speed, came through turn two when the bouncing wheel hit the nose of his car. The car punted the tire towards the infield. Daly was able to continue in the race and finish 13th, but the damaged front nose on his car hampered the speed of the race car. Connor Daly had a hell of a battle out there in 150 Indianapolis 500. Looked like he had a shot to win until you hit Graham Rahal's wheel that had come off after he had made a pit stop. How do you describe the day, the joy and the heartbreak? Well, I mean, it was the greatest feeling of my life and then the most devastating feeling. Um, can't really do anything about it. I, didn't, I had no idea there was a tire flying through the air. It must have been 150 feet in the air and then just came right down, so and, it was- In fact, the, the, when you saw it coming, I mean, did you move the car anyway to yeah, try I mean, to avoid it? Yeah, I mean, we were avoiding all of Graham's stuff. I mean, there was parts flying, but I literally, there's also that, you know, there's there's that visor strip, right? So yeah. you can't see v high up in the air, but I didn't know I was supposed to be looking that high in the air, you know what I mean? So it was cr right at the last second, it was just right there. When you took the lead, the crowd went, that's about as loud a crowd ovation as I've heard before Elio, who's now taking a victory lap. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I can't wait to see it, honestly, because uh, it was an amazing feeling, and especially when you know you're racing against incredible guys like Elio and, uh, and Renus. I mean, Elio is such, a, such an incredible, incredible talent, you know what I mean? So it was just great to be up there with those guys. Congratulations on putting on a hell of a show in 105th Indy 500. Thank you, thank you. It was a big day at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for our next guest. Doug Bowles is the president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and has had to find ways to adapt to the changing nature of the world during the COVID-19 pandemic. Last year, track owner Roger Penske made the difficult decision to stage the 104th Indianapolis 500 in August without spectators. This year, local health officials allowed 40% capacity 135,000 fans to attend the race. The race was a spectacle held under glorious sunshine with 72 degree temperatures and turned out to be a day to remember as Bowles explained to me in this interview. It's the day after the 150 Indianapolis 500. We're standing at the Yard of Bricks with Indianapolis Motor Speedway President Doug Bowles. Doug, I can't think of a more dramatic and thrilling Indianapolis 500 than what we witnessed yesterday with Elio Castroneves becoming the fourth four-time winner of this great race. You know, it, the whole month really was dramatic and exciting. And then to have yesterday start out with a bunch of sunshine and 135,000 people coming through the gates with smiles on their faces. And then, you know, the fastest race in history and a new four-time winner in Elio Castroneves, which is pretty special. But then the way he celebrated made it even more special. Climbing the fence like you knew he would do, but then running up the up the front stretch to turn four, waving at the fans, fans climbing the fences. It was uh, it was a pretty spectacular afternoon. And it came 30 years to the uh, anniversary of the last four-time Indy 500 winner, Rick Mears. From the moment the sun rose that you witnessed at the Pagoda, to I saw it over in the media center, 
you just knew it was going to be a special day. You know, it definitely was a special day uh, to have that happen from the way the morning, you know, you talk about anniversaries, it's pretty crazy. You know, from now on, as we go forward, when we hit those those years that end in one, we will be able to celebrate at least one of the victories of each of the four-time winners. So this year we were celebrating AJ's first, Al Sr.'s second, and then Rick's fourth. And now as we go forward on the ones, we'll also get to celebrate Elio's first and Elio's fourth. So it's pretty cool. And as far as uh, Elio Castronema's all month, he was among the top five, top six, top seven drivers in practice, qualified well. Kind of reminded me of Dan Weldon in 2011 when he's with Brian Herta because he was fast every day during practice. But a lot of people thought, well, if the circumstances are right, he might contend for a victory. But I think what he did yesterday showed this guy's still got it. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, shows he's still got it. And he's been, he was confident all month. And in, in qualifying, I can just remember him saying he, he wanted the heat to happen because he felt he had a car. And plus his, his understanding of this place, he had a chance in the fast nine to go to the front. And obviously he got in the fast nine. And then he just, you know, he knows how to run 500 miles here. It's amazing how he seems to always be at the front when he's running uh, here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I was, I was, honestly, I was kind of rooting for him there at the end. I know I've tried not to tr root against anybody, but I didn't want him to finish second again because I know how heartbreaking 2014 was for him. And, and for a four-time winner, that's pretty special for us to be able to promote it. The fan reaction is unlike anything I think I've witnessed before, <laughs> and I've been coming to 35 of these. Well, yeah, so so this was my 45th, and I agree. I think maybe the only other fan reaction close was when TK picked up the win, and uh, certainly this one uh, exceeded that just because of the way Elio connected to the fans, and I think everybody knew that how cool it would be, the history we would see, not just the history of coming to a race for the first time after nobody was here last year, but the history of seeing another four-time winner was pretty crazy. There was also another loud crowd reaction, and that came when Connor Daly took the lead. <laughs> And I know that, uh, I think you might have been one of the fans cheering too, because Connor, of course, is your stepson. Yeah, but I, I was, mean, when Connor <laughs> took the lead, you saw all the Indianapolis fans just erupting in joy. How did, that, that was a cool moment. You know, I, I often say when I'm asked, you know, what, what, if you could pick somebody to win the Indianapolis 500, obviously I pick Connor because he's my stepson. But beyond that, from a promoter standpoint, you know, you, you've got, you've definitely got Elio as one. Then the next one you certainly would have is Ed Carpenter. Uh, you have TK and then Connor would probably be on that list as well, just because people in Indianapolis area love him so much. And even in the NTT IndyCar series, I was jumping up and down when he took the lead. I was just so proud of him to be up front. It means an awful lot to the rest of your career that you can not only just say you ran the Indy 500, but she actually led it. He ended up leading 40 laps, which puts them almost in the, in the top 100 of most laps led in the history of the Speedway, which is pretty cool. And yesterday was a celebration of this race because after a year where no spectators were allowed in, the fans, I still think there were more than 135,000 people here, but I'll leave you to discuss that. But you could feel the love that those spectators have for this race. Yeah, no, it was definitely uh, a lot of love and, uh, that the fans have and how excited they were to be back here. The way we actually put the tickets together, we actually spaced people out in a way that we uh, we had about 100,000 empty seats, honestly, and, and you, so you had just a tick under 135. 5,000 of those folks in the seats. So the way you spread out, especially when you look for a distance from a distance, it makes it look like it's a lot fuller than it really is. I think if you see some of the aerials, you can see those those gaps in the in the grandstands. But for the drivers, you know, the energy level was definitely there. Pre-race was as good as a pre-race I, as I can re, I can recall. And those are the things that just make uh, 8,500 so special. And I hope it gets people fired up to come back for the 106th on May 29th, 2022. And how important was it that in the first race back with spectators after a year's absence, they get to see a historic victory 
with Elio Castroneb as becoming a four-time winner. I think that really capped the whole thing uh, for us to be able to uh, have the race with fans, even though it wasn't all of them, but have it with fans and then have um, one of our most popular drivers in the history of the Indianapolis 500, not just win, but win his fourth uh, and only become the fourth person. You know, yesterday morning we presented Alancer Sr. his brick and then we'll put a brick in the in the yard of bricks that's got his name on it alongside A.J. Foyt. So we've got Rick Mears to put in later this year. So the deal is you win four Indianapolis 500s, you have a brick put in the speedway with your name on it. It's a bronze brick. So that, that that's the way we'll permanently celebrate you here uh, at the track. So now I got to get our guys on it. We'll get a fourth one put together and we'll get Elio's in later this year as well. Later tonight, you'll celebrate the uh, winner of the 115 Indianapolis 500, but I'm sure beginning tomorrow, you're going to start working on selling tickets, getting ready for that big NASCAR IndyCar triple header here in August. Yeah, so so we've got, uh, we're selling tickets this morning already. Uh, people are lined up outside just getting their stuff renewed for next year. And then we do have that uh, Triple header with uh, NASCAR Xfinity, NASCAR Cup, and IndyCar uh, here in August. So we're looking forward to that. And I'm just reminding fans, if you didn't get a chance to make the 500 or weren't comfortable coming to the 500 this year just because of the pandemic, uh, we look forward to seeing people in the summer and uh, hopefully with no restrictions. But it should be an outstanding weekend. You know, last year we couldn't have fans for it, but the IndyCar race was fantastic. The Xfinity race was fantastic. Next year being able to see – or this year being able to see – cup on the road course with both those series as well should be a really special weekend and in our final question with doug bowles indianapolis motor speedway president i know you work hard i know you go without a lot of sleep you probably haven't had an off day in 2021 <laughs> but days like yesterday have to make you think you've got the best job in the world yeah, so yesterday yesterday morning, about 2 in the morning, I sent an email to the entire staff just to remind them that, first, thank them for the job that they've done, and then remind them that this the race day is really special, and it's special to all our fans, but more importantly, reminding them to, hey, all the hard work we put in, let yourself enjoy this a little bit because it is the, the reason we do it. It is the one day a year, frankly, that we all work here and work so hard at it. So, um, you know, we get a chance to enjoy it, and that's what it's all about, and there's, for me... I can't think of a better job in the world, and, and I hope to continue to just represent our fans and, and uh, keep this thing moving forward and make it special for them every year. Indianapolis Motor Speedway President Doug Bowles, congratulations on an outstanding month of May, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate it, Bruce. We'll uh, just uh, keep rolling. We'll look forward to continuing to see you here for your 36th. Bud Danker is the president of Penske Corporation, owners of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He is also the promoter for the next race on the schedule, the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, which will be held June 11th and June 12th at Detroit's Belle Isle. I caught up with Danker on Pent Lane as Helio Castroneves continued his wild victory celebration after the Indy 500. How do you put that one in the words? Well, first of all, look at the day we had today, Bruce. We opened up America. We opened up America like people can't believe. The place looks unbelievable. The people here and their attitudes, they absolutely love being back in this sacred place that Roger has now dressed up and looks so well and have Elio Castroneves win the fourth time. First time when we have fans back, our first time really as owners, how can you write a better story? He has just lifted our sport, our, you know this, our sport to a way that we could not have imagined. And when you put all that together, even though it's the first time he's raced an Indy 500 other than for Team Penske. But you couldn't really write a script like that. No way. You saw him racing all day, yeah. top of his game, absolutely top of his game every lap. I mean, it's just what he's done now for our sport before it transcends 
and he's really now brought it to a new level that we can now take and take it to new heights. You just wait for these people. Look at these fans. Nobody has left this place. They want to see him drive around in the back of that convertible and salute him. I've never, ever seen this before where people are just not leaving these grandstands. It was 137,000 fans, but they screamed like a half a million. They did. You heard the chant, Elio, Elio, Elio. I've never heard that before. Never heard it for anybody before. Four-time champion now at this sacred ground. Who knows, could be a fifth-time champion next year, that guy. Um, look at this place. It, they just won't leave it. And now he's rising up there as we see him now rising at our 9,000-pound lift to victory lane with his entire team. You couldn't write a better story. We're so proud. And the thing that struck me about Elio this month is he was confident, he was fast, and he was determined. And anybody that thought his better days were behind him, he proved them wrong today. No doubt about it. We know how good he is here. We know how good he has been through the years. And uh, he's, there's, who knows how long this guy can let him run here and last year and continue to win here. He's just timeless. And uh, we're so proud as a series owner and as a Speedway owners to see this guy win once again the fourth time and can't wait now to get to Belle Isle and race there as well and raise up our city. And you get to take all of this momentum that came from the 105th Indianapolis 500 and as the promoter of the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, you're gonna be the beneficiary of this. Hopefully it'll, it'll equate into a very good TV rating, not only today, but for your race. Today it must be amazing, but you're right. To go to Detroit now, we always talk about going on the coattails. We're now going on the draft to yeah. this place, man. We got speed we haven't had before and we cannot wait to see people in Detroit, see our fans. I want to see many people bought tickets today in Detroit. We went to the box office in DetroitGP.com and bought tickets today. That will be amazing. And finally, the outpouring of love for the Indy 500 from these fans had to be felt by everybody. Never received so many thank yous in my life. I mean, it shows you that when you lose something, you may have taken for granted in the past. It shows how important it is to you now. And we've seen that today. The smiles, the enthusiasm of people, we have reopened America here today on May 30th, 2021 at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And is this just the shot that the IndyCar Series needed? Well, I think it's a big shot for us. We had great momentum before, and now the momentum just continues. And, oh, my gosh. I'm not speechless very often, but I sure am today. Penske Corporation President Bud Danker, congratulations on an outstanding 105th Indianapolis 500, and good luck in the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix. Thank you, Bruce, and thank you to all our fans. Thank you to everybody that has not left this place yet, yeah. despite being some 20 minutes over. So we're blessed. Thank you. From 2000 to 2003, Gilles DeFerrin was one of Castroneva's teammates at Team Penske. DeFerrin won kart championships in 2000 and 2001 and won the Indianapolis 500 in 2003. The fellow Brazilian was overjoyed to see Castroneves become a four-time Indy 500 winner this past Sunday. Joining us now on the show is two-time kart champion and 2003 Indianapolis 500 winning driver, Gilles DeFerrin. Gilles, you won your Indy 500 in 03, but a kid named Elio Castroneves on your tail going for his third yeah. straight win. He finally got his fourth Indy 500 victory today. How does it feel to see him finally get it? Well, as you can probably tell, my voice is gone. <laughs> I was screaming so much. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great for Helio. You know, I know he wanted this really badly because 
We've been friends for over 20 years now, and he lives on my street. Or I should say I live on his street. <laughs> uh, or I should say we live on the same street, you know, so we see each other quite a bit. And uh, I know how much he wanted this, how much it meant to him. And uh, I, I honestly, I couldn't be happier. I was screaming throughout the, the last 10 laps or so. Do you realize this was his first Indy 500 where he was driving for a team other than Team Penske? Yeah, uh, I, of course uh, I realize that. And, uh, you know, it's, um, I'm, I'm just glad uh, Helio had the opportunity uh, to drive for another great team, you know, and, uh, and come up with a win. And it just seemed like the you could feel the spectator love and joy that they felt toward him after the race. It was unbelievable. I mean, I've been here for 35 of these things. Yeah. I don't think I've felt a moment like that. Well, listen, Elio is a, is a great person, and, uh, and that comes across, you know, in, in the way he deals with people, you know, uh, both inside the team and the fans and everything else. So that's no surprise to me, to be honest. You know, he's... Uh, is a, a much-loved person, uh, not only by his friends, but uh, by a lot of people that, that love racing. Even though he's not a full-time competitor in the NTT IndyCar Series, do you think the momentum that came from today can carry forward for the rest of the season in IndyCar? Who knows, right? Uh, we live in a, in a funny world where a lot of things can happen. So... Uh, I, it would be wrong for me to speculate on that. But I think that this today was a home run. The fans loved it. Roger Penske finally got to have a stage at Indy 500 in all of its glory with spectators. And one of the most popular drivers in Indy 500 history wins the race. Now, I, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, it's It was a beautiful day. I mean, beautiful weather, great spectacle. Seeing all the people on the stands was uh, very emotional in, in many ways. And uh, I'm super happy for Roger that, uh, you know, he was able to accomplish this. Um, it, it, was a, it was a historical event for me. 2003 Indianapolis 500 winner Gilles DeFerrin, thank you for joining us today. No, it's my pleasure. It's great to see you guys again. Team Penske's IndyCar manager, Kyle Boyer, also calls the race strategy for Simon Pagano, who finished third. But it was not a Penske-like day for the other members of the team as Joseph Newgarden finished 12th, rookie Scott McLaughlin 20th, and Will Power 30th. Moyer was among many of the Team Penske team members that were happy to see their former driver win the race. Here is my interview with Moyer immediately after the race. We're joined now by Team Penske IndyCar manager, Kyle Moyer. Kyle, you worked with Elio Castroneves for a lot of years. This is his first Indianapolis 500 that he drove for a team other than Team Penske, and he wins the Indianapolis 500 for the fourth time in his career. I know it doesn't take away the pain of defeat that none of your entries were able to win, but how do you feel about him finally becoming a four-time Indy 500 winner? Uh, I, I think it's fantastic for Helio. I think, you know, if you would ask any of our guys if they were not, if we can't win this, who do we want to win? And it's 100% everybody would say Helio throughout the team. I mean, we've, we tried to do it for him. I wish we could have done it for him. But no matter what, it's great that he's got it done. When he left Team Penske and went over to the Acura team in IMSA, did you still sense that he still had a lot of speed left in him in an IndyCar, especially at the Indianapolis 500? Well, I think the Indianapolis 500 for him, he could probably run till he's 100. I mean, 
It's the Indianapolis 500. It's Helio Castro Nevis. There's people like Rick Mears, and, and those guys are four-time winners for a reason, and that's why Helio's so good here, you know? So, you know, maybe I'll do it another five years. I hope he comes back and tries for number five. Maybe I'll do it with us. And when you look back at your day, Simon probably passed more cars than anybody else in the race. And uh, what was it about the, the car, the setup, and Simon today that he was able to make his way up from the rear of the field? Well, I mean... If you take our qualifying away, you know, we've always said since day one when we unloaded, even at the open test, we, we had a really good race car. We felt we had one. Um, you know, we got sort of caught with that yellow there at the start, you know, that put us back down to, I think it was 28th or 29th or something and had to drive back up. I think if we could have got cycled through that one, we would have been better. But, you know, that's that's indie for you. And then, you know, we needed one more pit exchange or something more traffic. I think our car was pretty good in traffic also. But, you know, the car was great all, all, all month other than qualifying. And we had a vibe here today at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway from the fans. I mean, it looked to me like a lot more than 137,000 people were here. We haven't experienced that vibe in two years. How wonderful was that from your standpoint to still compete in this race at a level where I mean, the outpouring of love from the fans could be felt. Well, that's the thing is, is last year, I think everybody but sought those guys. And Ray Hall, Team Ray Hall, walked away pretty upset, you know, and you got nobody and nobody excited about anything, so you just get on to the next race. And this year, it's like one of those everybody feels for Helio because of the great job. I think everybody it, it experienced the event again, and that's the whole thing. The Indy 500's an event. It's a spectacle. And, and, and today, it was there again. I, I, I don't know how many were here, but it sure seemed like a lot. But I, I think we put on a good show for them, much better than last year, so I think that's the ticket. And now we pack up, and it's off to Detroit in two weeks, and... Back, back into the battle for the points championship. How do you assess the uh, post-Indy 500 rest of the season for Team Penske? Well, I th you know, we, we ran good at St. Pete and stuff. So, you know, we put two guys on the podium. There's a couple guys winning. We got to get a win in here for the team and stuff like that. So that's what we're going to fight for at Detroit. It's a home track for Roger. So, you know, here's another track that's his. And so we need, we need to get out there and get some points. So... You know, it's going to be a tight points battle. I mean, it got shuffled today, so, you know, Palu's stretched a little bit, but I don't think he's going to go nowhere. But now, all of a sudden, you got eight guys that are really on top of it. Kyle Moyer, IndyCar team manager for Team Penske. Thank you for joining us today after the 105th Indianapolis 500. No, the pleasure's all mine. Thanks. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall. <laughs> <laughs>